we're just finishing up the Christmas season. And if it were up to me, I would, you know, celebrate Christmas every day. I think it's an absolute joy seeing our two and four-year-old run downstairs and want to open presents, even when they're not even done opening one present, they're right on to the next. But there's just a simple joy in the lives of kids this time of year. And our two and four-year-old are absolutely hilarious with it. You know, you would have thought every single present was the best thing in the world, except for like socks. You know, they're like, Dad, it's Woody. Dad, it's Buzz. Dad, it's Blocks. Socks. Clothes. Like just, you know, a two and four-year-old, their minds are just simple. But there's a joy that's there. And I say that because what I want to focus on this morning is the word joy. You know, it's always one of the themes that we talk about during the Christmas season. We sing about joy all the time, joy to the world. You know, there's song after song after song written about the joy this time of year. And even at my dad's church, as you walk in, you see the big sign overhead at Franklin Street says, 2019, a year of jubilee. I start thinking about that word joy. And to be honest with you guys, not to be a complete downer right now, but joy is not quite the word I would use to describe Lindsay and I's 2019. If you guys had to think about your word for the year, would joy be the word that stands out? Or would some of you be like, you know what, this year has been tough on me. This year I've had my challenges. I've had my struggles. I've had my trials. You know, some of you here might be going, I can't wait for 2020 to start just to put 2019 in the past. Because you've had hard times. But you know, a lot of times when it comes to church, you walk in and you're like, oh yeah, life is great. Even though in all reality, as you're in the car, your world was falling apart. Worrying about a medical report, worrying about bills coming through, worrying about what was next in life. So many times that we put on this face of like, oh yeah, joy, Christmas joy, Christian joy. It means I need to be happy the whole time. And we walk in and pretend like our world is just all together. But guys... As I studied and I looked at this word, you know, God really broke me and convicted me of our past year. This past year, my mom's cancer came back. This past year, there's been absolute turmoil in Haiti. And Trav and my sister-in-law, Jamie, are going, we don't know what's next. We don't know if we can go back because of safety. In 2019, Lynn's had hernia surgery and just kept dealing with infection from it. 2019 has been challenging has been tough, has been a year of trials. And that's where I want to start this morning. It's a verse that some of you maybe have posted up in your house, maybe have memorized. Maybe it's a verse you've heard Doug share on before, and you've never really thought about it in your own life. And that's James chapter 1. James 1, 2 to 4. The very beginning of that verse, and it's why we're going there. Because like I said, some of you might be facing trials right now this morning where your mind is distracted as I'm talking. And I'm going to stand here and say, hey, take joy in your trials. Take joy. Is joy really the first word that comes to mind when you're going through a trial? Your world literally just seems like it's falling apart, a bad work transaction, something's wrong, bad macro report. Wow, God, thank you. I am joyous in this moment. I don't think that's quite how we respond, right? As you're going through the ringer, somebody walks up to you meaning the best. This is, hey, Joe, you know what? Scripture says to take joy in your trial. What do you want to do? Pretty much punch them, right? Say, get out of my face. Like, I know that's what Scripture says, but that's really not what I want to hear right now. 
And I would not give that advice to any of you here. Yes, Scripture is good for edifying, for lifting people up. But if you know someone in your family is going through the ringer, is literally having the worst time of their life, don't walk up and say, hey, take joy. Probably going to get slammed. Probably not the time of day. Maybe it's the time of day just to listen to them. But as I started looking more and more at this idea of joy in trials, because that's what James is saying here, take joy in your trials. Take a trip back with me right now to the story of Joseph. Talk about a man who went through trials. A man who went through the ringer. That first Christmas story, maybe you've never thought of what Joseph actually endured, what he actually went through. Of all stories, you would think God would line stuff up and make it seem like things should just fall in place. It'd be the story of Joseph, right? Here he is, could be the father to baby Jesus. You would think, all right, God, if I'm going to truly be the dad to your child, things should just fall in place. Like, okay, God, let's, let's figure this out. So here you have Joseph, newly engaged. And you would think if you're newly engaged, you want to be celebrating, right? You'd want to be at a joyous moment in life. All right, here we are. We're ready to go. I'm going to go. I'm, I just got engaged. I'm celebrating. I'm party. I'm going to go get the house prepared. Wedding's coming up. And if, if you guys can't celebrate when you're engaged, maybe it's not a wedding to be taking part in. Just throwing that out there. You would think at that point, I don't know about you guys. If you, are you guys married here? Okay. With our brides, were you like showing off your ring or were you hiding it like, no, I don't, want, I don't want to know about it? There was joy, right? You were excited. You were excited about getting married. So I just picture Joseph getting the house together, getting ready. And then I can just imagine Mary coming to him and saying, hey, hey, Joseph, you, hey, Joe, uh, you might want to sit down. We got a little bit of a life change coming. Um, we need to talk. We need, we need to talk here, Joe. Let's, let's figure this out. In Matthew chapter 1, you got Joseph freshly engaged, getting the house together, like, all right, life is good. Life is just falling in place. You know, it's like graduating college, getting that first job, getting engaged. Life is just kind of, all right, God, you're in control. I can trust you in this moment. Life is good. Hey, Joe, let's talk. You're going to be a dad. Okay, that's a little bit of a change. Wasn't quite ready for that one. In Joe's mind going, this isn't my kid. Like, what is this? Not us. Joseph, trust me. That's from God. And him going, okay, okay, we can handle this. We'll get through it. You know, being the righteous man Joseph was, saying, all right, we're going to get through this. You think there's a little bit of a trial there? A little bit of a life change. You know, I'm sure he probably had in his mind, like, all right, Mary and I are going to get married, we're going to start our lives together, get the house together, we're set. Throw a kid in the mix. Changes things up a little bit. Can you imagine being Joseph and Mary having to go tell the parents? Mom and Dad, we need to sit down and talk. You're going to become grandparents. Whoa, 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 what's going on here? This does not make sense. Oh, by the way, in the midst of all this, in Luke chapter 2, it says they have to go to take a census. So not only is Mary now pregnant, Joseph trying to get the house together. Oh, by the way, now you have to travel with your pregnant wife. All on foot. That's right. Because they didn't have Uber. They didn't have cars. Just like jump a taxi or like that. Can you imagine that trial being thrown Joseph's way? Hey, Joseph, I know... 
you know, you thought things would just kind of come into place, fall in line. Uh, your wife's pregnant, it's not yours, but the angel appeared, said it's okay. Oh, by the way, now a census could be taken. Luke chapter 2. All right, so here's Joseph facing his first trial. His wife's pregnant. You know, they're trying to plan out their wedding, trying to plan out their future. Oh, by the way, thank you, emperor, for deciding now to throw out a census. And meaning we have to walk back home. With You guys ever traveled with a pregnant wife? Do any of you actually guys want to admit what that trip was like? I don't think so, especially if you're having to do it on foot. On a donkey, taking your possessions, good luck. And when it's saying they had to travel, they had to travel over 40 miles, if you actually look up the distance. Can you imagine traveling over 40 miles on foot with your donkey going, all right, let's go, Mary. Come on. Probably a stubborn donkey, too. You're wanting to kick the donkey along the way. Another trial they're facing. Oh, to top it all off, Mary, we're almost there. I can see... Bethlehem, in the distance, we're almost there. You can rest. Innkeeper, we need a bed. Oh, I'm sorry, there's nothing here for you. I don't know, at that point I could see Fred just flipping his lid. Being like, hey, I got a gun in the back. Get me a room right now. Like, we are not dealing. Mary, I, we're doing whatever we need to. Or at this point, you might be like me, where you're like, you just start laughing. Because you're like, why not? This seems to be life right now. It's a trial. Let's go for it. And I can go back to Lynn's like, hey, Lynn's, guess what? We just traveled all this way. Yeah, they don't have any room for us. But the guy said there's a manger in the back. We can go sleep with the animals. How's that sound? New experience. Let's go for it. You're pregnant. This is going to be awesome. And her, yeah, I can only imagine her reaction at that moment. Picture this, just trial after trial after trial that they're facing. Can you imagine Joseph at that moment trying to be faithful? Going, God, I can handle one thing. God, I said I would, I would be the father to your child. God, I, I was obedient. I went back for the census. God, I'm doing what I can. We made this journey. God, I'm trying. And yet it just seems like nothing is falling in place. Can you imagine a, a good-minded Christian walking up to him at this point and saying, Hey, Joseph, take joy in this trial. How well that would work. But yet, so many times, that's what we as Christians do. We think we're trying to be encouraging to people. Hey, take joy in this. Your life's falling apart. Take joy. It's going to be okay. But the beauty in all this and why I bring this up today is as you actually look at these passages, you see little glimpses of God showing through in the midst of Joseph's obedience. In the midst of these trials, you actually see God showing up. Because in the very beginning, when Mary has this conversation with Joseph, the angel appears. God didn't just leave Joseph out in the distance to think, okay, is this true? Is she being honest? God sent the angel to give Joseph a glimpse that he was part of it. When they arrived in Bethlehem, he didn't just say, hey, there's no room in the inn. He was their provision in providing a manger for them, for actually providing a place to go. After Jesus is born, God shows up again in sending the wise men to present gifts. Along the way, in the midst of our trials, if we look, God is right there. 
So many times it's hard to see because we are overwhelmed by our trial. We are overtaken by the immediate in front of us. We can't see necessarily God working the whole time. But he gives us glimpses that we can look back on. Because even after all this takes place, guess what? Another child comes up for Joseph and Mary. The baby's born. The wise men show up. And they're like, oh, by the way, the king, he's now after you. That baby you just had, you want to celebrate? Yeah, the king is after him to kill him. Of course, why not? Why not throw some else in? So they just got done this 40-mile journey to have to endure a 200-mile journey to Egypt. Sure, I just thought it was tough traveling with a pregnant wife. Now I'm going to travel with a wife and a newborn. Even better. Let's go for it, God. But Joseph kept having these glimpses of God work in the midst of all this. And that's what we need to focus on when we're going through these trials, when we're going through hard times, is seeing where God is working. Understanding how he is working and teaching us. James chapter 2 Verse 1 to 4, I want to go back to this and teach you guys how we can learn to endure. How we can learn to have joy in the midst of these trials. In James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Dear brothers, when trials of any kind... Come your way, consider an opportunity of great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested... How many of you guys would say 2019 has been a year of testing your faith? You've been tested in one way or another. A year your, your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. If you're a Christian, you know that the Christian faith is not a sprint. You know it's not a snap of the fingers and God saying, hey, life is going to be good, all right, everything's in place. You know it has its ups, it has its downs. And your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Seeing God work through our trials is what produces endurance, is what produces perseverance. Because you will have challenges in life, you will have highs and lows, and you can look back and say, you know what, I saw God move then, he's going to move now. I saw God challenge me and change me and shape me and work in my life. Guess what? He's still going to keep doing it because he is faithful. He doesn't just say, hey, I got you through the last trial. Good luck on the next one. No, God shows up in the midst of our trials. And it's usually in the midst of our trials that it forces us back to our knees where we quit relying on ourselves and have to rely on him. I can just imagine Joseph in the middle of all this Going, God, I'm hitting my knees because I have nothing left to give. I have done what I can, God. I have endured. I have gone along the way. But God, you got to shine through. The king is after me. God, I don't know what else to do. And him hitting his knees. And there's times in life that's exactly what we have to do in the midst of our trials. Hit our knees and say, God, I got nothing left. I need you. I need you. And then you allow God to shine through and to teach you how to endure in those moments, to teach you how to break through those barriers, to teach you how to get through those days that seem like you just can't go on because he's picking you up, taking joy in the trials so your perseverance can build. 
So you have moments you can look back on and say, God, I saw you move. I saw you do incredible things. Here's what you're doing now. Guys, as I prepare for this, I start thinking about our year and how our family can have joy in these trials. You know what? Yeah, my mom's cancer's back, but guess what? She's still here, and I can take joy in that. She's still here. Yeah, Trav and Jamie have faced turmoil in Haiti, but they'll be the first to tell you their mission has grown more than it ever has, and they feel like they actually have a sense of purpose there again. <coughs> With everything Lindsay has gone through health-wise, it's taught us truly how to communicate and how to cling to our boys when there's days where it's like, all right, back to the doctors yet again. Back to the doctors yet again. Learn to just cling to the boys because they don't know what's going on. They don't understand what's happening. They just want to play and smile and have joy. It's taught us through these times to look to see where God is at, to see him in the midst of our trials. And I would challenge you guys with that this morning. Joy does not mean you're happy all the time. Joy does not mean life looks like it's always going to fall in place. You know, we have this idea in the American church, hey, as a believer, everything should just be easy, right? should just fall in place. should just fall in line. Because Jesus, I trust you. Everything should just be good. That's not truth. Because when you look throughout Scripture, men and women face trials all the time. I want to read you guys something here real quick. When was the last time you laughed for the sheer joy of your salvation? Maybe you're going through these trials. You're going through a tough day. And you find yourself just laughing. Because you know, you know what? You can't control it. You can't handle it. Maybe it's a situation you have absolutely nothing to do with, but it's overshadowing you. And you start laughing, going, you know what? God's in control because I can't, I can't do anything else. If you guys know my dad at all, that's what my dad does all the time. Something serious comes up, he just starts laughing. It drives Lindsay nuts because that's a lot of times how I am. When I have absolutely no control, I just, hey, the car broke down. All right, great, whatever. What's next? You start laughing because you can't, there's certain things you can't control. When was the last time you truly just started laughing for the sheer joy knowing God is in control and he's your salvation? People are not attracted to somber doctrines. Can you imagine that moment somebody come up and going, oh, God's still good. I know I have a flat tire. You want to help me change it? Thank you for telling me God's in control as I'm sitting here on the side of the road. I appreciate that. People are not interested in somber doctrines. And somebody just spitting scripture at you all the time. There is no persuasive power in a gloomy and morbid religion. Let the world see your joy and you won't be able to keep them away. To be filled with God is to be filled with joy. And then joy is not the absence of suffering. It's the presence of God. Now I want to finish with this thought today. The name Emmanuel as you go through your trials. The name Emmanuel translates to God with us. God with us. So whatever you're facing, remember Jesus' name at his birth, Emmanuel. God is with you, whatever you're facing. Highs, lows, trials, good times, great times, God is with you. As a believer, God is at the center of it. You might not always see it, it might not always make sense, but he is moving. Maybe it's a glimpse of a star in the sky, a glimpse of someone presenting food to you, a glimpse of just someone coming up and smiling and sharing their joys with you. God 
is with you in the midst of what you're facing. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Some of you, you guys have this on a magnet or a post-it note or somewhere posted around your house. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 is one of those verses that I would love to stand up here and tell you, hey, life's just going to be easy if you claim to do it all in Christ. But it's also one of those verses that gets misquoted a lot. Because if I stand up here and say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, I'm going to make a statement right now. I'm going to the NBA. And I'm going to claim that I'm doing the power of Christ. How many of you guys think that's absolutely ridiculous? Because you're still looking at me and going, Josh, you're 5'8", and you got no game at all. But God, I'm claiming it in your name. I can do all things, right? And then we look and go, God, where are you in the midst of this? I claim to do it in your name. But I say that because we need to know verses 10 to 12, where Paul is saying, I know what it means to be hungry. I know what it means to be well-fed. I know what it means to be poor. I know what it means to be rich. I have found the secret to life is that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What Paul is saying here is learning to be content in highs and lows, in your trials, in your good times, in your sufferings, because Christ is with you. Emmanuel, God with you. That's how you can have joy in your trials. That's how Lindsay and I can get through our last year. That's how you can face the future and whatever lies ahead. That's how you can face your medical test. God with you, Emmanuel. Take joy in trials because it builds your endurance and your perseverance. Joseph went through the ringer. He went through the ringer. Faced trials probably none of us could even imagine. But in the midst of all of it, he knew God was with him. And the same is true for you today. If you have Christ in your life, you can do all things. You can endure. You can learn to be content because God himself is with you. Whatever your trial is today, whatever your struggle is, trust him that he's in the midst of it. He's with you along the way. Let's pray. God, we come to you now. And in the midst of trials, I know it's challenging. In the midst of trials, I know it's hard to look to you. And there's times where all we can do is hit our knees. There's times all we can do is truly just fall on our face and say, God, I need you because I have no strength left. I have nothing left to give. There's times in life where all we can do is laugh, going, God, I'm trusting you're in control, but I don't see it right now. So, God, we pray right now for glimpses of you. Small moments that remind us of who you are. Small moments that teach us that we can look back on and go, God came through then, he will come through now. God, I pray right now, you continue to lead us, you continue to guide us, and you would allow 2020 to be a year that we look and go, you are with us. Teach us. In Christ's name, amen.